I feel like I'm covering professional wrestling. I guess that's what politics is anymore. Some powerful people. Lightly scripting. The course of events. With uh, billion dollar companies. Sponsoring. The events. And then. And then. (laughs) I didn't even expect the analogy to go this far. And then they all go on tour and hold rallies around the country. I'm still talking about professional wrestling. (laughs) And tens of thousands of people turn out and cheer for their favorite actor. I'm sorry if I'm offending any uh, professional wrestling fans. Well, Matt Gates stepped up yesterday and said, I nominate Donald John Trump to be the speaker. And it was crickets on the floor. And then there was some light ooing and aahing. And so far, no response from Trump. He's gotten votes. I don't think he's even gotten as many votes as Jim Jordan, who would be a good speaker. But see, Kevin McCarthy and his goons, you know, Kevin McCarthy is the majority leader, different than the speaker. But he's told the Republicans that stand against him, we're going to pull you off of your committees and we're going to Take all the perks away from you. If you don't vote the way we tell you to. Of course, they were unfazed. They continued to vote against him. And that's, I think, because Kevin McCarthy is untrustworthy. I don't know the man. But this article came out yesterday from Breitbart. The headline, McCarthy holdout representative Ralph Norman from South Carolina says there is a written deal. Now, when you tell somebody, I want it in writing, what are you really saying? Well, you're saying in no uncertain terms, I don't trust you to be true to your word. So I want you to put it in writing. I want a legal document that's going to bind you to these commitments that you're making because I don't believe that you're going to do it just because it's the right thing to do. Do we not have people like that in Congress? Are there no Republicans in the House of Representatives that would do the right thing just because it's the right thing to do? Has politics devolved so far in this country that now it's just all about filling your own pockets? 
Stuff all the silverware into your suitcase. Because the ship is sinking. (laughs) Just a little bit from this article as it's mostly tweets. And then repeating the tweets in text. Which I find horribly annoying. The breakthrough reports about a deal being on the table to secure McCarthy's speakership come amid a long day of negotiations, concessions, and multiple failed speaker votes. Yeah. The House on Thursday tried to elect a speaker for a 10th time with the 11th vote expected to fail as well. It did. McCarthy has already offered his uh, conservative detractors several concessions, including one member motion to vacate instead of five, meaning... One member can say, I don't like you as the speaker. Let's have a vote. More House Freedom Caucus members on the House Rules Committee. Now, the Freedom Caucus members, these are the ones. This is Matt Gates, Scott Perry, Lauren Boebert. The hard-nosed America First Congress people. Promises to hold votes on controversial term limit and border security bills. Eh, I mean... I want to get behind these people that are standing up to the establishment. Kevin McCarthy is the, sta- is the establishment. But on the other hand, I get frustrated about, about this stuff. The, the, the impeachment of Joe Biden, which I talked about earlier in the week, it won't go anywhere. Oh, great. Good job. You impeached him. You spent all this time going through the motions Wasting taxpayer dollars. And at the end of the day, you accomplish nothing. Because the Senate still has a Democratic Democratic majority, and they will not vote to convict and remove him from office. So what's the point? Symbolic. That's it. As an American taxpayer, I'd like a little more than symbolic impeachment. Please. Now, everyone, I mean, well, not everyone. I've heard several people that had anything positive to say about Kevin McCarthy say he's a wonderful tactician. He's very strategic. He's really smart. And he's a great fundraiser. Hmm. A great fundraiser, you say. What makes him, what would make a politician a great fundraiser, in your opinion? If you if you were going to go out and raise funds for your campaign, how would you go about it? Or better yet, what do you what do you think a good fundraising politician says to his donors? Could it be something like, "Hey, give me some money, and when I'm elected, I'm going to do you some favors." Is that what we want? We want, we want great, we want politicians that are great fundraisers. Do we want politicians that are great and going out and making promises to billion dollar companies in exchange for money to their campaigns? Because what does that mean? 
That means they're going to get in office, they're going to pull strings, and they're going to do favors for billionaire corporations. But what they should be doing is making decisions and pulling strings and doing favors for the American citizens that cast their vote. You don't get more votes just because you're a billionaire. So McCarthy goes out on fundraising tours, makes promises to billionaire corporations. I mean, his his number one donor is uh, a company called Enterprise Products. I'm always really suspicious of these companies that that name themselves some innocuous series of words that tells you nothing about what they do. It's an energy company. Oil, natural gas, trucking. Based in Texas, a great American company, I'm sure. Except they're owned by Blackstone. One of the evil hedge funds that is forcing ESG on all of the companies. Yeah, you know, the same companies that have to put a rainbow flag on everything and go on TV and talk about their support for Black Lives Matter. And basically mandate racism and sexism in their hiring practices because that's what it is. It's discrimination. And these giant hedge funds pull these strings on these companies, force them to do these things under the threat of selling off all of the stock that they own and tanking their company. Or at the very worst, forcing the CEO to retire or resign or be fired by the board of directors. I think a person like Kevin McCarthy goes out, makes these promises, rakes in the campaign funds, and finds himself a career politician. Majority leader of the Republicans in the House. Soon to be speaker. Maybe. Well, a person like Donald Trump, he does the same thing. He makes the endorsements, rakes in the campaign donations, and then stabs all of those donors in the back and goes, nah, I'm gonna, I'm actually gonna represent the people. I mean... Doesn't sound like a really smart move for a politician, but boy, the voters sure love it. And here we are, it's January 6th, and I feel like anything could happen. It's actually kind of exciting. I mean, politics is such a scam. But it's like, um, it's like I'm watching Lost. Remember that show? The Sensation. I can't remember. I mean, ugh, maybe maybe Game of Thrones was a similar show that just had me in stitches. 
where I absolutely couldn't stop. I had to start the next episode right away. What's going to happen? What's going to happen? Even if it is stupid politics. It's exciting and I like it. (laughs) So do you think we're going to get a speaker today? Do you think Kevin McCarthy made the right deals, pulled the right strings? See, Trump is saying, stop all this. He's telling Lauren Boebert and Matt Gates, quit it. Support McCarthy. He's the guy. And then it, and it turns off all of the voters because the voters don't want McCarthy. But, I mean, why, don't, why doesn't anyone think that maybe McCarthy is doing the same thing as Trump? Talking the talk to get the donations to then turn around and do the work of the people instead of the work of the corporations. Isn't that possible? I mean, there's 200 other, I mean, I don't know, 198, 202. Math has never been my strong suit. They all think McCarthy's the guy. But is that because they're too afraid to stand up to him? Somebody posted on Twitter, oh, the voice, the voice of America, this is, this is the voice of America speaking. Like, well, actually, this is 20 Republican congressmen that don't want McCarthy. I mean, just because this is the decision that's the most popular with Republican voters doesn't mean it's the voice of America being finally represented on the floors of the House of Representatives. It sure sounds nice. It's a, it's a fine attempt at Unifying the party. But I think it's a little bit misleading to say, oh, we're fine. We're getting this representation from 20 Congress people. I mean, really, only, only, really. There's only 20 Congress people that represent the will of the people in Congress. I mean, there's, I think there's probably fewer than that, if I'm being honest and realistic. But wouldn't it be awesome if all of the negotiating behind the scenes and all the written deals turned out to be, uh, we're actually going to elect Donald Trump? Why would McCarthy go along with that? Your guess is as good as mine. We probably won't know for a couple years at least. What is really taking place right now in government? But you know, the media would love it. I mean, it's, it's the media's fault that we have no real idea what's going on. The media just does what they're told because they're owned by the corporations that donate to these political candidates. But wouldn't the media love it if Donald, if Donald Trump actually stepped up and was at least... Nah, he... <laughs> it would break the internet 
if Donald Trump was elected the speaker. But the media would love it. Their ad revenues would explode. I'm, I mean, I'm actually kind of surprised that no one's really screaming for it. That's how you know it would be a really bad thing for the establishment. When it's not worth the money. YouTube changed its algorithm in, in 2018, I think. And it, it caused such a fuss because of how restrictive it was going to be to the content on their platform that they lost, like, you know, their, their parent company, Alphabet, lost like $77 billion in market cap, but they did it anyway. And with the release of all of these Twitter files, it's become more and more evident that control is more important than money. Which is real which is so strange. I guess it's not as strange when you realize that these social media companies are just sort of propaganda arms of the government. And the evidence is here in these Twitter files. Go to Matt Taibbi's Substack. That's T-A-I-B-B-I dot substack dot com. And I will pick up where we left off yesterday. uh, And I'll just go through part one of the removal of Donald Trump. First in a three-part series looking at how Twitter came to the decision to suspend Donald Trump. The idea behind this series is to show how all of Twitter's, quote, visibility filtering tools were on display and deployed after January 6, 2021. Key revelations. Trust and Safety Chief Yoel Roth not only met regularly with the FBI and the Department of Homeland Security, but with the Office of the Director of National Intelligence. Also, Twitter was aggressively applying visibility filtering tools to Trump well before the election. The removal of Donald Trump, part two. This thread by Michael Schellenberger looks at the key day after the J6 riots and before Trump would ultimately be banned from Twitter on January 8th, showing how Twitter internally reconfigured its rules to make a Trump ban fit their policies. Key revelations. At least one Twitter employee worried about a, quote, slippery slope in which an online platform CEO with a global presence can gatekeep speech for the entire world. And he was shot down. Also, Chief Censor Yoel Roth argues for a ban on Congressman Matt Gates, even though it doesn't quite fit anywhere. And Twitter changed its public interest policy to clear a path for Trump's removal. When the rules get in the way, they just change them. The removal of Donald Trump, part three. Part five of the Twitter files. As angry as many inside Twitter were with Donald Trump after the January 6th Capitol riots, staffers struggled to suspend his account, saying things like, I think we'd have a hard time saying this is incitement. As documented by Weiss, they found a way to pull the trigger anyway. Key revelations. There were dissenters in the company. Quote, maybe because I am from China, said one employee, 
I deeply understand how censorship can destroy the public conversation. But we're overruled by senior executives like Vijaya Gade and Roth, who noted many on Twitter's staff were citing the, quote, banality of evil and comparing those who favored sticking to a strict legalistic interpretation of Twitter's rules, i.e. keep Trump, who had, quote, no violation, to Nazis following orders. <laughs> Number six. Twitter, the FBI subsidiary. Twitter's contact with the FBI was constant and pervasive as FBI personnel, mainly in the San Francisco field office, Nancy Pelosi's district, regularly sent lists of, quote, reports to Twitter, often about Americans with low follower counts making joke tweets. Tweeters on both the left and the right were affected. Go back and listen to that again. And then share, rate, and review the show, and have a great weekend. I'll be back. Goodbye. Goodbye.